go. We are in Deuteronomy chapter 33. Did we pray? Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, thank you for Chuck just figuring out the uh, recording and pray that it is recording, Lord, and Brian's help. Pray, Father, that you bless our time in the word and just speak to us and through us as we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Moses' final blessing on Israel. It's like Moses was reading, I don't know what chapter that is, maybe uh, Genesis 49. I don't know which one it is where um, Isaac, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob is blessing his children. You know, that's 49. Yeah, I think it is. So one of the chapters there where he he lays his hands on each one, and some of them are rascals. Some of them are just uh, up to no good, and... He knew it, and so prophetically, as he's laying hands on them, he's uh, pronouncing some, some not-so-good stuff. And so uh, there's definitely a little something for us as parents to take into consideration that uh, it's never too late to pray for our kids, never too late to lay hands on them. And so uh, I think Moses is, is taking a page out of his book. Moses is not going to go off the scene without um, being able to say something about the, the children of Israel, uh, as, as we're going to see here. And so... Uh, this is the second to the last chapter in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, next time we're together, we'll do the last chapter. But as we go through this, um, we just see what he's saying about each one. But let's go through this. I'm going to read, and then I'll have you guys read when we get to each one of the tribes, if that's okay. So um, verse 1, now this is the blessing which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And he said, the Lord came from Sinai and dawned on them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran and he came with 10,000 of his saints. From his right hand came a fiery law for them. Um, The man of God just blessing uh, the nation before his death. And I think, um, again, for us, just the blessings that we have in God as his children are something to behold. And so, we're going to kind of end this section with some of those blessings, and I'm going to have you guys read them, but just we don't even understand the precious promises sometimes that we have in the Lord, and a lot of times um, we don't feel worthy uh, of such love. We don't feel um, like we've maybe done enough to deserve it or earn it, and it, it should just make us be in awe of of God and how awesome he is and how he wants to just simply love you and and bless you and he's for you and not against you and and hopefully um, that hopefully you're not so narcissistic that you think you're worthy and deserving of all of these wonderful blessings that God wants to bestow upon you hopefully you're humble enough to realize Lord I'm not I'm not worthy of this level of love, Lord. I'm not, I mean, man, I'm trying my hardest, but Lord, you're so good. And hopefully there's a gratitude there. Hopefully there's a a thanks to God for just how much he loves you and how much he wants to um, just bless you and he's for you. Verse three, he says, yes, he loves the people. All his saints are in your hand. They sit down at your feet. Everyone receives your words. Moses commanded a law for us a heritage of the congregation of Jacob. And he was king in Jeshurun, which is another word for Israel. When the leaders of the people were gathered, all the tribes of Israel together. So he brought all the tribes together and he's going to pronounce this blessing on them one 
by one. So somebody go ahead and read me verse six. We're going to see Reuben, nor let uh, his men be few is his blessing. So somebody read me verse six. It says, let Reuben live and not die, and not let his men be few. And so that's his simple blessing upon him, that, that he would be prolific, that he would multiply, uh, that he would respond to that first commandment given back in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. So the tribe of Reuben, that it would be fruitful in that sense. Uh, verse 7 is Judah, may you, help, may you be a help. So somebody read me verse 7. And this said to Judah, Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him to his people. Let the hands be uh, sufficient for him, and may you be a help against his enemy. Awesome. So may you, hel- uh, may you be a help so that God would come alongside of the tribe of Judah. Anybody know who came from the tribe of Judah? Pretty famous guy. Jesus from the tribe of Judah. Yeah. All right, so somebody read me verses 8 through 11, and I want you to see the contrast. Notice Reuben, we had one verse, 6. Uh, Judah, we had one verse, 7. And then all of a sudden we get to Levi, and you've got 8, 9, 10, and 11 verses. You want to read it? Moses said this about Levi. Levi is your true follower. He gives theorem and summon. Mm-hmm. At Nassau, he tested the people of Levi. At the waters of Meribah, you challenged them. They were more loyal to the Lord than their own families. They ignored their fathers and mothers. They did not recognize their brothers. They did not pay attention to their children, but they obeyed your command. They kept your agreement. They will teach your rules to Jacob and your law to Israel. They will burn incense before you. They will offer burn offerings on your altar. Lord bless everything Levi has. Accept what he does. Destroy those who attack them. Defeat his enemies so that they will never attack again. Awesome, right? Yeah, right there. That's awesome. So that right there is the tribe of Levi. So if we notice one thing, we notice it's a little longer than the others, huh? Yeah, we're going to see the same thing when we get to Joseph and uh, Zebulun and Issachar, a little longer as well. Asher, not too long, but a little longer. Um, Who's from the tribe of Levi that you guys can remember? Um, Moses. (laughs) Moses and his brother who? Aaron. Aaron. And so they would be in charge of what? What would the tribe of Levi be in charge of? The people in what sense? High priest. The priesthood. priesthood. Yes, high priest and the priesthood. And so they would be the ones that would teach. So if there's anything that we can pull from this, from the tribe of Levi, they shall teach Israel your law. And so very, very important. And Moses may be feeling, um, you know, something special for his kinsfolk, if you will, being that he was from the tribe of Levi himself. Okay. All right. Next one is Benjamin, verse 12, the beloved of the Lord. Somebody read me verse 12. Of Benjamin he said, The beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him, who shelters him all the day long, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. Awesome. So we see he's beloved. Are we beloved of the Lord? Yes, I am your beloved. All right, Joseph. Um, again, another long one. 13 through 17. Somebody go ahead and read me that. And of Joseph he said, Blessed of the Lord, 
is his land, with the precious things of hell, with the dew and the deep lying beneath, with the precious fruits of the sun, with the precious produce of the month, with the best things of the ancient mountains, with the precious things of everlasting hills, with the precious things of the earth and its fullness, and the favor of him who dwelt in the bush, that the blessing come on the head of Joseph, and the crown of the head of him who was separate from his brothers. One more. His glory is like a firstborn bull, and his horns like the horns of the wild dogs. Together with them he shall push the people, the peoples to the end of the earth. They are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are thousands of Manasseh. Awesome. Okay. So from the tribe of Joseph, you're going to have two other separate tribes, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. But, um, and that's why the, the number's not going to work out where it's 12. There's always been, what, 13 or 14 to pull from because you have the two sons of Joseph that would be included in the 12 tribes of Israel, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, just, man, a, a blessed guy. If anything on Joseph, let the blessing come. And Joseph was an incredibly used man by God, but he was also what? Um, he went through a lot of difficulties. And um, forgot who said it, but God cannot, oh, C.S. Lewis. God cannot use a man greatly until he hurts him deeply. And that's, that's an unfortunate, I guess, thing to come to. But what happens is when God uses us um, and we don't go through difficulties, we begin to get a big head and we think that it's, it's because I'm worthy or I'm deserving or I, uh, you don't know how much I study or you don't know how much I pray. And it's like, no, no, you don't. So when we go through trials and difficulties, it creates this dependence upon God it creates this um, looking to God for what we need because we need it so desperately. And then what that does is it develops this awesome closeness to God. And we realize that God is doing a work through us, but it's in spite of us, not because of us. And so Joseph, though he went through incredible difficulty, he was used powerfully by the Lord, was he not? Um, I mean, basically saved the nation Egypt, didn't he? Is that Joseph? Yeah. Yeah, right? So just incredible as you, as you look at that. And so for our lives as well, you know, God wants to use us, um, but we need to be dependent upon him. All right, somebody read me verses 18 and 19. This is Zebulun and Issachar. They shall partake of the abundance of the seas, as we, we shall see. Verses 18 and 19. And of Zebulun he said, Rejoice, in thy going out and star in thy tents. One more. Uh, and they shall call his people unto the mountain. There they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness, for they shall suck up the abundance of the seeds and of treasures hidden in the sand. Awesome. And so that would be Zebulun and Issachar. They shall partake of the abundance of the seas. Next, verses 20 and 21, Gad, he dwells as a lion. Somebody read me verses 20 and 21, please. And of Gad, he said, Blessed is he who enlarges Gad. He dwells as a lion and tears the arm and the crown of his head. He provided the first part for himself because a lawgiver's portion was reserved there. He came with the heads of the people he administered the justice of the Lord and his judgments with Israel. Awesome. So that would be Gad. 
Next one is Dan, a lion's whelp. Somebody read me verse 22, please. And he said, Dan is a lion, lion's whelp. He shall leap from Bashan. Simple as that. So Dan is a lion's whelp. Um, verse 23, Naphtali, full of blessings, uh, the blessing of the Lord. Somebody read me verse 23, please. And of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full of the blessings of the Lord, possesses the west and the south. Good. And then finally, somebody read me Asher, verses 24 and 25, most blessed of sons. And of Asher, he said, Asher is most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brothers and let him dip his foot in oil. Your sandals shall be iron and bronze. As your days, so shall your strength be. Awesome. So Reuben was nor let uh, his men be few. Judah was may your help, may you be a help. Levi was they shall teach. Israel your law. Benjamin was the beloved of the Lord. Joseph let the blessing come. Zebulun and Issachar, they shall partake of the abundance of the seas. Gad, he dwells uh, as a lion. Dan, a lion's whelp. Naphtali, full of the blessings of the Lord, and Asher, most blessed of sons. What do we see? Nothing but positive blessings being bestowed upon the children or the, the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. And so Moses is thinking fondly and being again in that position of blessing, he's looking to give them a blessing. That position of leadership, that position of authority, he's making sure that that is flowing down from the heart of God. Remember, when God told Moses in Numbers chapter 6, if you're going to speak on my behalf, I want the children of Israel to know I love them. The Lord bless thee. The Lord keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance and give you peace. And that's the heart of what I want you to uh, let the children of Israel know that when you speak on my behalf, that's my attitude for them and towards them. And so you see that come through here. Let's close it off. Uh, we left off at verse 26. It says, There is no one like the God of Jeshurun who rides the heavens to help you and his excellence on the excellency on the clouds. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you and will say destroy. Then Israel shall dwell safely, the fountain of Jacob alone, in the land of grain and new wine, his heavens shall also drop dew. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help, and the sword of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you, and you shall tread down their high places. And so the Bible declares for us as Christians, if God be for us, who can be against us? And so we want to partner with God. We want to unite with God. We want to be on God's team. I remember that picture of Joshua coming and seeing uh, a pre-incarnate Jesus and saying, oh, whoa, whoa, who, who, who are you for? Are you, are you for us or are you for the enemy? And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. Take your sandals off. You're on holy ground. Get on my team. It's not, I, it's not we need to ask God, hey, God, you know, you want to get on our team? No, 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 no. We need to get on his team. He's on the winning team. He's got the winning program. The victory has already been won. And so it's very important that we line up with God, that we understand that. So this is what we're going to do. 
I'll have each of you guys get a verse, and then you're going to read it, and you're going to tell me what that promise means to you. Second uh, Peter, I'll read you this verse, but Second Peter chapter one verse four says, "By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." And so, for us, we have these precious promises that we need to hold on to. If the Lord gives you a word or a promise or something that you need desperately, make sure you hold that close to your heart. So, Mark, why don't you go ahead and uh, look up uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. That'll be your verse that you'll be able to share. Jeremiah 29, 11. Brian, you can have Matthew 11, 28, and 29. Matthew 11, 28, and 29. Roxanne, you can have 40, I- Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31. Um, Arabella, you want to get a verse? Can you help me? Philippians 4.19. Way in the back. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Gabriela, we'll give you, we'll give you a nice short one here. Proverbs 133 for you. Proverbs 133. Esther will give you John 14.27. John 14.27. Chuck, you can have Romans 8, 37 through 39. Romans 8. 37 through 39. Margie, if you get, get uh, Romans 10.9. Romans 10.9. Anyone not have a verse? I think I got Mark. Mm-hmm. I got Brian. How perfect. Philippians 4. Which one? You. Your, your Romans 10, verse 9. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Who needed, who needed a reminder? Everybody got their verse? All right, so I'll call out your verse. You're going to read it, and you're going to tell me what that promise means to you. Remember, in, in Bible study, there's observation, interpretation, and application. This is kind of an application part. So it's not, you're going to interpret it and tell me what it means. No, that's not what I'm asking you. Uh, she's Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. So you're going to tell me what that verse means to you as you apply it and you take that precious promise close to your heart and you say, man, this is what this means to me. Okay, so who has Jeremiah 29, 11? Go ahead. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So what does that mean to you, Mark? <laughs> uh, I think the first thing that hits you is just not even the, the content of it, but just that his thoughts are on every, every one of us individually. So, you know, he's got his thoughts towards me and, and uh, uh, turmoil is what Life can easily enough be, but he's got thoughts of peace for uh, in my behalf. And then, uh, just that uh, uh, I'm just thanking the Lord that, that I'm, you know, all the years of, of the other side, he, he's really bringing where he's showing me the future and the hope. And it's uh, so that verse just hits home for how the Lord's been blessing me lately, and I believe it's going to continue. Amen. Anybody else on Jeremiah 29, 11? Just 
Everybody's good? All right, let's go to Matthew 11, 28, 29. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I think uh, for me it's like resting in the finished work of Christ, not having to strive or to earn, and just remember it's what he's done, the pressure off. You don't have to do something. Just laying out, just resting in that, basking in that just finished work of just, what a blessing, huh? That was Matthew what? Matthew 11, 28, and 29. All right, who has Isaiah 40, 29 through 31? Me. Um, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Yeah, so that, I think that, of course, it's a theme that how we just find strength in the Lord and if we rest on him, he will just give us, a, give us that strength that we need to just continue on. And even though, you know, I think like what it's saying, like the young people don't have that because they're just like not trust, like a lot of people in the world are not trusting in the Lord, so they're just faint. You know, they're so tired of life and and what they're going through. And it, the Lord is just telling us to rest in him, to wait upon him, and he will... And when you go through a deep, deep difficulty, a great verse, um, just that, that verse 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That hope of knowing that the Lord is going to come through, even in the midst of it. And it's kind of, it's awesome to be um, in the trial but hopeful and, and walking by faith and trusting and, and having that attitude because it's really a, an attitude. It's a perspective, right? Like, I don't see it. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but this promise is telling me it's coming. So I'm going to praise God in the midst of it. And dude, man, it's such a blessing to be on the other side of it and say, I sure am glad I praise the Lord. I know how he's going to get me through that, but he got me through. And so, I mean, that's what faith is. That's what our faith is supposed to do. And we don't do it perfectly. Sometimes we're like, Lord, I'm drowning. And God's like, you ain't even drowning, dude. Your head's up out of the water. But I feel like I'm drowning. You God. know the song from that, right? No. The old, old, old song, the other way the Lord. It's an old, 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 old song. So you, you don't know it, huh? Give me a, hum me a bar. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's one of the. That's one of the old hymns. Uh, I don't even know if it's like a hymn book hymn. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Anything comes straight from the word. It just has a deeper, deeper. All right, Arabella, why don't you go and read me Philippians four nineteen, please? Philippians four, verse nineteen. My God will use His glorious riches to give you everything you need. He will do this through Jesus Christ. 
glory to our God and Father forever and ever. Amen. Amen. What's that promise mean to you, Arabella? That God will supply all of your needs. Everything that God has promised to us is given to us, however we're supposed to get what we're supposed to get. Amen. From God. Amen. That's awesome. All right, who's got uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39? Chuck. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. What's that mean to you? Uh, nothing can separate us. <laughs> that we are more than conquerors. You like that? Yeah. yeah. More than conquerors. Not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. It's the victory. Yeah, because the writer says, I'm, I'm persuaded that you need all this stuff. You need the death in their life, angels, and power. Nothing's going to separate us because we are more than conquerors. Praise God. Awesome. All right, who's got Proverbs 133? Me. It's just his promise of uh, we we follow his commands. You know, he will always be with us and uh, bless us. We shouldn't be afraid of because he's always going to be with us. Mm. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Awesome. All right, John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm. It's kind of like you said, in the midst of the trial, you're at peace. Mm. And some people said, okay, I'm at peace because everything's okay. Um, I have purchased this insurance, this and every, everything, everything's taken care of. I'm at peace. Um, for us, it's the opposite. We probably don't have anything, but still we're at peace. We are not desperate. We suffer, but our, our suffering, we know it's temporal, and the Lord is taking care of us. Awesome. And like you said, He cannot use someone without being, you know, going through the through the fire, through the, all the testing now. So... Um, I can say I have peace in my heart, even though I am in trouble. Waters. Praise God. Uh, I, I forgot who it was, but uh, th- somebody in Italy. I think they were commissioned to draw. Um, they had a, like a, a picture contest uh, of a painting, and um, the painting would go and be displayed in, you know, one of the famous libraries or something. And the title of the painting was. Um, peace or something like that 
and so they were supposed to draw what they believed was peace. And so, you know, you got a lot of still rivers and, and beautiful uh, sunrises, you know, piercing through the sun just coming up, but you could tell it was calm and everything. And the one that won was this storm. It was a big, gigantic storm, and it's just waves are crashing, boats are topsized. It's just crazy, but right in the midst of a, the cleft of a rock was uh, a nest with a little bird that was at peace because it was covered and protected in the midst of the storm by the covering. And that's just the picture that I have of when you were saying that. That's us. Sometimes the storm is raging and in the midst of boats being capsized and just everything going on, the Lord has us in the palm of his hand and he's, he's got us covered and, and we can see it and we can feel it and whoa, we could hear it, but the Lord's got us. And we have that peace that surpasses understanding. And it's a testimony for, for the past because I used to be really worried about everything. I still do. <laughs> but no, not like before. I was miserable. But now I can say it's a testimony even for me. Amen. That I say, oh, I don't worry. I'm not, I'm not freaking out as much. My mother is a warrior, and I always ask her, how's that working out for you? <laughs> and I'm sure she loves it every time you ask her. Maybe, maybe that's me. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to get it one day, Chad. 27 going on 28 now, huh? All right, go ahead and read me uh, Romans 10, 9. says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has, that God raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. And that and the message is that uh, whoever believes, whoever confesses with their mouth and, and believes in their heart that Jesus said and was born, and also they will be saved. Awesome. Awesome. Did you do that, Margie? Yes. You confessed with your mouth, you believed in your heart? Yes. So you're saved. Right. Amen. That's a blessing. And I think as we continue to just confess those things, um, I think back in the 90s, we had this faith confession doctrine that was going around. Basically, we can command God uh, to do what we want him to do. And I think they took it too far. But I think at the same time, there was a foundation of truth that they were looking to of us confessing uh, positive things. And so I think uh, the Lord wants us to confess things like, hey, I have the victory in Christ. I might be struggling right now or, or this may be happening, but I'm going to just confess something positive and I'm going to give honor and glory and praise to God. And I'm going to confess that with my mouth and believe in my heart that God is going to do something. And so I think we can continue to do that even after we're saved. Our last verse is Romans 6.23. I'll read it. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so for me, that just reminds me that eternal life is not only life in the everlasting, but it's a quality of life right now. And as I, as I look around at people who either haven't given their lives to the Lord yet, or they're, they're looking to things that, um, you know, the Bible maybe says aren't good for you. Um, I just, I'm thankful to God that, man, 
You know, I look at my life and I think if you were to look at it, it'd be like, man, you live a boring life. You go to bed early. You don't get drunk or do drugs and you don't go bar hopping or clubbing. And I'm thinking, yeah, I guess it's kind of boring from that standpoint. But (laughs) man, I think on the other hand, I got I got a quality of life that they don't even know about. I got peace when I put my head on the pillow. I just knock out and I mean you know I got people around me that love me and I can love them and I got a family of God that I can rejoice with and relationships that I never would have had I, I never would want to hang out with you if I wasn't a Christian but you guys are awesome people you guys are good fellowship and it's a blessing and a joy so I think our eternal life is not just um, everlasting life or life in heaven but it's also a quality of life right now and yeah you know what maybe we don't do the things that the world says we should do to have a fun life. But I think it's pretty fun serving the Lord. And I think it's a blessing and a joy to be able to see what God does in hearts and lives. And uh, even around the world, you look at the Ukraine and what's going on, you know, in, in the Ukraine and through Joel and his wife. And to me, that just that's exciting stuff. That stuff tickles my heart. So. So we have all these precious promises. We need to hold on to them. We need to make sure that we live in a way that is um, just a gratitude uh, of, man, Lord, you've, you've given me so much and you're just going to continue to do that. And I just want to be thankful. I want to acknowledge those things. Questions, comments, concerns before we pray. Margie. I just wanted to say that the scriptures that you just had us all read, read and share uh, help me because I've been in the turmoil all week and plus plus my brother and, and uh, also for uh, uh, situations at work and uh, I we can start now so I uh, hey. these scriptures has helped me in the study isn't that neat Margie how like um, you know you can have a difficult time something happened uh, that can kind of bring you down and then you get in the word and you get around fellowship and kind of your countenance can lift up a little and you realize, man, look at these precious promises that I have from the Lord. I need to rejoice in those things. So through tragedy, the Lord is able to redeem and do something awesome. Praise God. All right, well, we're going to close in prayer and then uh, we'll just have a little time of prayer. So let's close.